Oh, and we're live. Hey, everybody. I said we're starting a little bit late. We were having technical difficulties, but we are here now. Yes, we are. Happy Wednesday to everyone out there. Thank Happy you for day. <laughs> That's yeah. like day three of the challenge. And today we're going to talk about investments. Number two on my list right behind savings and budgeting. But just to recap what we've learned so far, day one, we talked about income, talked about ways you can increase your income, um, just different types of income also, because typically when we say income, we think of W-2 employees, and that's not the only thing out there that you can generate income legally. Number two, uh, day two, we had savings and budgeting. We talked about how you <laughs> how you cannot save yourself to wealth. Also talked about how with budgeting, it's going to open up more of your income so that you can have more money to today's topic to invest. Yes, investing. So before we get into investing, because um, we have a, a list full of things to discuss with everyone, I wanted to talk about this um, rumor that's going around that by the year 2050, the black net worth will be zero. And then by the year 2070, the Latino net worth will be zero. So these numbers are very alarming. And I know some people are like, well, how is that possible? You know, our spending power has increased. You know, we're doing more saving. We're doing more planning. The thing is that those numbers represent what our net worth would be. And that's the median. I want to just clear up. That's the median black uh, average net worth. And what it means is that we are not doing enough, uh, we're not acquiring enough assets because we all know that our net worth is considered of our assets minus our liabilities. So this is why tonight is so important because the, the way we're going to help lessen the gap, the gap that exists with wealth is through investing. And that's why we picked tonight to be the heavy night to talk all about investing for those who are new to investing, um, to in just introduce you to what investing is and why it's important. Yes. And then also just to piggyback on that before we uh, jump into this topic, it's like the reason why is that a lot of people of color families do not pass on assets to the to their descendants. Typically, you know, we leave our families with debt, whether that's medical bills or just other responsibilities that we did not take care of before we left this earth that we leave to our family to take care of. So you may have some assets that you can pass to your children, but does that balance out with the liabilities that they have to pay off when you're passed? Excellent. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. So we're going to talk about investing. So the first thing when we say investing, most people are going to think about the stock market. Mm -hmm. And that's, typ that's typically true, but there's other investments that you can make that are not the stock market, because I know there's a lot of people who are like, they're like, I don't trust the stock market. It's too volatile. I'm not putting my money in it. I'm going to lose money. And that's a reasonable assumption because the stock market is going to fluctuate. Mm -hmm. It's not a guaranteed vehicle for retirement. I'll be the first to say that. But if you can weather out the ups and downs and you look over the course of more than a day, if you look over a year, the line that the stock market trends, it trends upward, even in volatile markets like we've had since COVID, since the pandemic started, like the market has even has returned, has had returns that are higher than like 20%, even though 
some people have had substantial losses, they have pretty much recovered. So even in like volatile situations such as this, I was like, the stock market, you can still make a profit. Mm -hmm. Very true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's go into different types of investments. So the first thing, as the name implies with the stock market, there are stocks. So you can typically any company, any large company is listed on the stock exchange typically, and you can buy different stocks in that uh, company. Now there's different types. You have like growth companies, and then you have like blue chip companies, but when you invest, you need to think about what do you typically want out of your investment? Do you want like a company that's just going to grow and not really pay you a dividend? Or are you looking for companies where you want money back? So companies that pay back dividends are like your McDonald's, Starbucks, Apple, you know, your, <laughs> yes, your big name companies, your large billion dollar companies, those companies will typically pay out dividends. Mm -hmm. But to keep in mind, if you, do not have like X amount of shares in a company, you're getting pennies on pennies, the dollar yeah. back. <laughs> so just something to consider. Mm -hmm. And be even before you start investing, I want you to, to think about your risk tolerance. Because as I mentioned before, the stock market is going to be volatile. Mm -hmm. Like one day you may be up $200. The next day you may be down $200, especially in this environment. So you need to be honest with yourself mm -hmm. that, if you're going to invest, you typically invest for the long term. Now, if you're a day trader, mm -hmm. this doesn't apply to you because you're, you're investing for the day. Yes, exactly. I just want to add one thing to that. So when you're okay. investing, the money you invest is money that you do not, you could lose, you could afford to lose. So you don't take your rent money, you don't take your money out your 401k if you're new to this and throw it into investment because it's a good chance that you may not be able to get your money back. So don't only invest money that you can afford to lose. Yes. Mm -hmm. 100%. Typically when you invest, you're investing for the long term. And like even from now to like five years, that's typically where you want to leave your money so that you can have, so it can have time to grow so it can compound for you. But if you're like looking for something like six months, I wouldn't, anything under six months, I wouldn't put it in the market because there's a substantial risk that the market could drop by then. So now when you do need that money, you know, you have to, you're not getting your full amount, what you invested in back. Like there's just that chance. It's gambling. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, it's the same as gambling. You yeah. take your money, yeah. you play it, you may get more back, you may break even, or you may you may lose. Yeah, because if you if you think about it, if you need that money, you take it out in a pinch, you're probably not going to get back what you put in it initially. Then you're going to have to pay capital, you know, depending on if you got uh, made money from it, you're going to have to pay capital gains on it. So you it's going to be hit you somewhere in your pocket. So you want to keep it in for five years minimum, like Catherine said. Yes. And then that's another issue we run into a lot of um, DIY do it yourself investors. Mm -hmm. If you're listening and like trading like all the hot stocks mm -hmm. that you hear about meme stocks mm -hmm. and you're buying and selling, there's a thing called wash sale rules. Mm -hmm. So basically, if you sell a stock for a loss and then you rebuy it, the IRS is not going to let you take that loss. So it just cancels out. So there's been numerous stories of people who have um, like trade it through popular like Robin Hood mm -hmm. and they'll have a tax bill of like in the hundred thousands that they have to pay because the wash sale rules 
they said, nope, you can't deduct it. So basically the person was just getting gains every time they sold that stock for a profit. They weren't getting any of the losses. Mm -hmm. Be very careful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, next we have bonds. Now, bonds can be a bit tricky because <laughs> yes, they <laughs> there are so many different types of bonds, mm -hmm. so many different, like through the government or through companies, like you will really just have to do your research. But basically bonds are just basically, you lend, you lend a company money and they promise to give you a fixed rate back. Now with bonds, the best ones are through the government because there's no risk of default. Yes. But there are also different types of bonds that are like backed through like tolls, mm -hmm. um, things along that nature. You wanna make sure that if you're using bonds that well, if you are getting bonds in return for your investment, just make sure that they are guaranteed or by the government or they have some type of revenue method backing them. Because mm -hmm. if it's not the government, they're subject to default. Once they go into default, there's nothing you can do. Like they may step in and liquidate all the positions, but there's a lot of other people ahead of you and that line to get that piece of the pie. And you may get pennies when you're at the end of it. Mm -hmm. And just just to touch on that for a moment. So the stock, when you when you purchase stock, that's when you own shares of a company. So you're an owner. But with a bond, you're not an owner of it. You're you know, they owe you. So they, you you put you pay you put money into them and they give it back to you. So you don't own anything with, with bonds. But with shares of a company, you do own something. Yes. And then another thing is like when you're buying shares, you don't have to buy a whole share. Like when you look at companies like Apple and Tesla with hundreds of dollars just for one share, you may not have 700 plus to buy one share. And one share is not going to get you on the path to wealth. Also, there's um, well, TD Ameritrade used to be able to buy fractional shares, but TD Ameritrade was bought out by Schwab. So I really wouldn't go their platform, but there's other apps such as Stash that you can buy fractional shares in companies. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right, so continuing right along. So we talked about stocks and bonds. Next, we have mutual funds and ETFs. These two are my favorite. My favorite. Because, <laughs> yes, because stock, stock picking is hard. Like you have to sit and do analysis for that. I don't stock pick, I am lazy. <laughs> I prefer <laughs> mutual funds and ETFs. Why? Because they picture a basket full of eggs. And so there's not just typical white eggs in here. There's brown eggs, it's like Easter. You know how all the eggs are color coded. Mm -hmm. That's basically what a mutual fund and ETF are. There's all these different types of companies in one. Number one, you get diversification, which is like the number one principle with investing mm -hmm. is that you want diversification. You do not want to put all your money into like large stocks, because what happens when you go through turmoil like this? The value of those companies drop. You also don't want to put your money in like smaller companies, because what happens when we're in periods of turmoil again? Smaller companies don't have mm -hmm. as like all the assets, all the revenue mm -hmm. to stay up to compete. Mm -hmm. So, but with mutual funds and ETFs, there's all these different companies mixed into one basket. So now you're getting that diversification and you don't see that terminal as much. Yeah. Like, for example, like one stock may be down 20 percent 
but the mutual fund or the ETF may only be down like 3% yeah. because it's a mix of um, all the returns mm -hmm. from those companies. Yeah. So they have a mixture of, you know, high growth, you know, large cap companies, big cap. And what happens is if one is not doing good, the other one is doing well. And if they notice that one is still not performing, they'll replace it with another company sometimes. So those, those are nice things that you can have to, you know, kind of mitigate your risk with investing. And then also with mutual funds, you get the added benefit that someone else is managing your portfolio for you. Um, they're more active management while ETFs are more passive management. And what that means is like with active management, there's a portfolio manager there. They're doing all this analysis through different data programs and such, and they handle the buying and selling for you. And you just, for me, I put money into a mutual fund every month. And I just watch it grow. Mm -hmm. uh, same with ETF. It's more passive management, but they do make adjustments over time. Like it's not going to be like, um, you know, like every month, but maybe like twice a year, someone will step in and be like, we need to rebalance this portfolio mm -hmm. or, you know, get out some assets that are low performing and put in some other assets we think will do better. So it just takes all the guesswork out of it, all the analysis you have to do, because you're not going to get up to par the stock pick just by watching CNBC, any of those shows. They're not really going to help you because here's one key fact. If news has already hit the market, you're too late. Yeah, you're too late. <laughs> <laughs> then that's, yeah. that's where we get into those pump and dump steam. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. So next on our list, we have options. Now, I typically do not like options because there's just such a high risk of default mm -hmm. with them. So basically an option is that there's two types. There's a call and there's a put. A call, you think that, well, typically you would buy a call if you think the price of the stock is going to go higher. So let's say that you missed out on a stock. You were going to buy it when it was $50, but now it's $52. You don't want to pay for it. You can buy a call because you're optimistic that that price is going to go higher. Mm -hmm. And so you have typically you have nine months to exercise a call. But see, you get into time periods like this or, you know, the company had some bad news come out. And then now that stock price has dropped to like forty six dollars. Mm -hmm. So then after the nine months that that company hasn't gotten up to like that fifty four dollars, as you thought, your call expires. So. I mean, you've lost your money and tip, and it depends on how much you bought. Like one option is like 100 shares. Mm -hmm. Just keep that in mind. So, I mean, if the option price was four dollars, you paid four hundred dollars. You didn't exercise it. So now it's gone. Your four hundred dollars is gone and you get nothing back from it. So that's why I typically don't like those. Yeah. And so and then it's opposite for a put. You think that the price is going to decrease. Same scenario that you know the price actually increased maybe they did a partnership with some global company and now it's trading at a much higher value it expires you've lost your money yeah. so that's typically why i don't like options and and the thing about options is with options you do not own any shares you do not have any ownership in the company you because you're buying you're not actually buying a company you're just like betting on them going up or going down and how you do options is you have to learn how to chart you can't just go in and, and just think that you're going to pick up a price and that's where you're going to is going to go to. So you have to learn how to chart 
the graphs so you can know when something's going up and when it's going down and look at the patterns of it. Yes, and then last thing with options is that, um, man, I lost my train of thought that quick. Sorry, I didn't <laughs> No, it's, a, it's okay. No, I had one more thing about <laughs> options and it just whoop, flew out of there. Uh, it see. may come back to me later. Okay. Let me see. Uh, it may come back to me later. But let's jump to what everyone else is into, cryptocurrency. <laughs> All right, so crypto, I will be the first to say that cryptocurrency is not bad. It's just the point that there's speculation behind it. So cryptocurrency is more volatile or just as volatile as the market, depending. So typically you can see like the ranges I've seen is like people will be up 2000 one day and then like they're down 4000 the next day. So that's where knowing your risk tolerance comes in. Well, because if you're investing money and then you see such a large dip, you do not sell at the bottom. <laughs> like and a lot of people like they go into investing, not knowing that their risk tolerance is like they're actually pretty conservative. So they can't hold they can't weather these dips like just in their brain. It's telling them, oh, I got to sell. I got to sell. And then you miss that big rebound and you may have remorse at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, for those who are who would like to get into cryptocurrency, whenever you buy a coin or um, you get a Bitcoin or altcoin, you need to familiarize yourself with something called the white paper. And the white paper is what's going to teach you about that coin, teach you the value, help you get a better assessment of whether you should invest in it. So with everything that you invest in, you should have done your, we call it the due diligence, where you research the company and you make sure that this is something that you want to put your money in. Because remember, when you put your money into investing, it's money that you can afford to lose because you may lose it. So it, there's a lot of benefits with investing. You can get a huge return and make a lot of money, but you can also lose a lot of money if it's not done correctly. Right. Because that's the last thing we want to happen to people. We don't want you to put your, you know, your money into the market and then it takes a dip and then you needed that money a short time later. But the market hasn't rebounded yet because, I mean, throughout the course of history, 200 years of stock market history, over 200, like the market has always rebounded. Mm -hmm. Because we're still here. Because what goes up must come down. And it is vice versa. So it keeps bouncing. But you have to be fully educated um, and knowing what to invest your your money in. Like we talk about investing. The first thing you should be investing in before you do stocks, bonds, mutual funds is your education. There are plenty of books out on the market that are great. You know, you find uh, in different influencers that will help teach you how to pick a stock, how to understand how the stock market works. Because if you don't have that information, you're just going in there and just, you're like a slot machine in Vegas. You're just putting your money in and and hoping that you get 777 across the board. (laughs) So we don't want that because the whole point is that we're trying to close the wealth gap. So we're going to in blinding, all we're doing is widening that wealth gap and we're not making any changes to our, our future. Right. And then there's not just the stock market you can invest in. I know that people make it seem like that's the only thing you can invest in. Like there's other things you can invest in, like um, even like tech startups, just budding companies, just anything along the lines that's like getting started out in the world. You can be an investor now take into account that it may take like seven years plus before you can recoup this money. But then even just look at, you know, like the ring doorbell. 
that's like companies like that that are now like household companies like oh i gotta have a ring doorbell mm -hmm. started out as a little bitty company and then like went to like a four million dollar company in like almost like a couple of years I mean, look at Amazon, like Amazon started off as a bookstore and like it's now it's like doing everything now. So doing those small startup tech companies that can that can be something that you can definitely invest in. It doesn't like Catherine said, it doesn't always have to be stock market. I know the stock market sounds real sexy and everyone's like, oh, you know, I got a stock market. But there's other things that you could put your money in that will, you know, give you a good return. Mm -hmm. um, real estate. Real estate is a great investment for you to have. It's actually a smart way for you to help, you know, kill two birds in one stone. Like you have somewhere to live and then you're making money off of it if you're doing like a rental property. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing that you can invest in. Yeah, there's apps like Fundrise also that you put money into each month and they actually invest it for you in different real estate projects. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So... Yeah. What else do you have on your list? Man, let's see. After we talked about investments, cryptocurrencies. Oh, didn't talk about. OK, so there's also. OK, so when we look at the stock market, mm -hmm. typically the stock market has a rate that it'll follow. Right. Mm -hmm. So typically there yeah, one good thing to diversify your portfolio is to get something that moves opposite of the market. So that's where we get into different alternative investments like commodities, metal, gold, silver, things along that nature. Because like I said, diversification is like the number one. Yes, it's key. Because like I said, you don't want to get don't want your eggs all in one basket. So when we're looking at like metals, um, silver, gold and stuff. You can even find those on the regular ex exchange. So when I say stock exchange, I mean like, you know, like NYSE and you can invest in the stock market using there's tons of apps, but like my favorite is like Charles Schwab. Mm -hmm. uh, TD Ameritrade would be on this list if they were not bought out by Schwab. So they're going to move you're going to move over to Schwab anyway. So might as well start with Schwab. Yeah, and I, I just found that out like right before we jumped on because I'm a TD Ameritrade girl. <laughs> Been that way for a minute now. And we, Catherine was like, no, Charles Schwab is going to buy them. I'm like, what? Yes. I mean, they're going to move you over anyway. So you might as well just start. <laughs> just go ahead and start over here. Mm -hmm. um, there's also Robinhood. Now, be very careful with Robinhood because they're going through a lot of um, lawsuits and such just because of their practices with new investors like treating investing like a game. And then that's how we get into issues where people have, you know, ran up their tax bill and you do not want the IRS and you do not tell the IRS you don't have money to pay them. That's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> they don't want to hear it. They will take it from you. Um, but yes, there's even apps like Stash that I mentioned earlier. You can do fractional shares. Like Stash doesn't really have a big um, arsenal of like what stocks you can pull from, but I mean, it's good to get your foot feet wet. Yes. Um, you also have apps like Acorns. Yeah. So yeah, Acorns is one of the apps I have. I have those. I have an account for me and for each of my kids. So that's like someone who's beginner investing. If you don't know where to pick, they actually program it. So they, you know, you do large, mid, um, small cap size companies, and then the money goes. You know, you can 
designate how much you want to put in each week, each day. You can have their, um, if you connect it to your debit card, you can have your change automatically reinvested in it. So yes. for those who are like, oh, I'm not really ready to get into the stock market, that's one way that you can get yourself into it with, with those type of apps. Yes, I Acorns was probably like my first investing app mm -hmm. that I yeah, tried. Mine too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then also Stash does the same thing. It's mm -hmm. called um, Roundup. Roundup. So yes. every time you swipe your debit card, it's like whatever change to get to a whole dollar, it's like they will invest it for you. But what I like, um, Stash, you can pick your own investments, but Acorns, you it they kind of invest it for you. Yeah, they do it for you, but you can choose a profile. But mm -hmm. what I do like about Acorns is that they have an ESG profile. Mm -hmm. So ESG is like environmental safety, you know, it's like health, like healthy and green investments. So mm -hmm. companies that are doing better for the environment and stuff, like they're not putting their money in tobacco or jails or guns, like it's more for people who are like, they don't want to invest in companies like that. So you typically see a lower return with those types of companies, mm -hmm. but to people typically don't mind because they yeah, want the government. Safer. Yeah, like they appreciate the good that these companies are doing for the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then next on that list, um, Vanguard is a really popular one. Now with Vanguard, like if you invest in their mutual funds and such, they have a minimal of like 3000 mm -hmm. to like typically invest with them. Like Vanguard is a little bougie. You're not just gonna, you're not just gonna walk up to Vanguard and be like, here, invest my money. No, you got no. this thing. There's things that got to be put in order first. <laughs> yes. And so, so typically if someone wants to start investing, I would typically send them the way of either Acorns or Stash where they could do the roundup change or to Schwab where they can, um, Schwab is really user-friendly also, yeah. especially now since they have like $0 loaded funds mm -hmm. for people who don't know what that is. Basically, if a company was to buy a, buy like a mutual fund ETF for you. Sometimes they put fees attached to that. So you may want to invest X amount of dollars, but that X amount of dollars won't go into that account because of the fees and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like for which Schwab, there's a lot of index funds, mutual funds, ETFs that don't have those added fees and you can just put it straight in. So the only fee that you're paying is like the actual mutual fund fee, like mm -hmm. their expense. And the, and be careful with expenses. That's a major thing because yes. sometimes expenses will be like point, point 0.5. And I'm like, that's pretty high, mm -hmm. especially in your investment. So you want to look for something with like point zero something when you do these investments. It, which is why it's very important that you educate yourself before you start the investment. Because what, what we're doing right now is not investment advice. We're just having an educational conversation so you should always go a bit further, you know, now that we're introducing, you know, some ideas to people that may be new, like some people may not know about Acorns or Stash or, you know, Charles Swap. These are things that when you get off the live, you go and you, you Google it, you research it, you learn, you reach out to an advisor if you need um, any more clarification. Um, but this is stuff that you, every family should be discussing. Like, like Catherine always says, you cannot save yourself to wealth. You know, and it's very important that we understand that financial literacy is more than just, you know, budgeting and saving is the core of it. But to get to the next level, you have to learn how to invest. 
And most people already invest. Like if you think about it, you have your 401k, your retirement plans. Those are all forms of investments. And those are just, those are not going to be enough for you. Because when you, if you're like our age, when you go to retire, social security is not, social security is not much now. So in 30 years, it's not going to be much then either. And the way it may be obsolete. 30 yeah, years maybe in the way that inflation is going, you know, it's, it's expensive. So right now is the time for you to start building you start investing, whether that be stocks, bonds, real estate. I highly suggest real estate because that way you always have somewhere to live. And you always, you know, when you get older, you don't know what rent's gonna be, you don't know what your situation is gonna be. So you have to start preparing for it now. And these are the conversations that we're having so that we can help educate those in the community on how important it is to start planning. Yes. So switching to the last part, we're going to talk about different accounts because I think this is where a lot of people have a lot of issues. I they may not, mm-hmm. yeah, but I say they may not have the issue of like, you know, what to invest in. They know their risk tolerance, but they don't know what type of account to open. So starting with very basic, if a brokerage account, brokerage account is a taxable account. So that means anytime you sell in that account. It's going to it's going to be taxable to you like the, I like you'll get a 1099 at the end of the year. Well, the beginning of the next year mm-hmm. and you have to file it on your taxes. The IRS also gets a copy. So please do not claim like capital gains. It's going to be a nice little word says capital gains. It's going to have a number there. Please make sure that number goes on your return, because I know some people will be like, oh, I'm just not going to claim it. The IRS gets a copy. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like. For those who aren't in my currency group with me, I I will say all the time that the IRS knows everything. They're just waiting for you to make a mistake. So then they can slap you with 0.5% fees up to 25% for what tax you did not pay them. They know we exactly. Don't, we don't want to give away any free money. Exactly. <laughs> don't give I mean, away no money that we don't have to. <laughs> I mean, the IRS gives you free money back when you get your tax refund, mm-hmm. unless you've claimed credits and such. Mm-hmm. That's topic for another day. But yes, brokerage account, that's very basic. This is typically what everyone opens is a brokerage account. And it's, you know, like I said, anytime you sell, it's taxable, goes on to 1099. Boom. So what if we don't want to pay taxes? You have two options. You have a traditional IRA and a Roth. Now be very careful with this. If you have a 401k at work or something similar that you're putting money into, There's actually a phase out that you cannot contribute to an IRA or a Roth. So a lot of people run into this issue because they're like, oh, I have a 401k. I'm putting money in it. That counts as that counts you as an active participant in your plan. So when you're putting this tax deferred money into an account, the IRS is like, you can't do that. You are already putting tax deferred money in your 401k. All of that's back taxable to you because if you Remember, 401k um, money goes out first. It's not taxable. Like that's tax deferred money. It comes out of your your check, your paycheck first and goes to account. Yes. So then the IRS is like, no, we're we're charging all of that. So (laughs) there's a lot of intricacies when you get into investing. So that's why we're having these talks, because like someone probably never told you that there is a phase out. So with a traditional IRA, This account is tax deferred, as I mentioned. It's like, so you can buy and sell all day in this account, have fun with it. But when you take money out, 
that counts as a taxable distribution. Mm-hmm. So with traditional IRAs, like retirement, or, you know, maybe you're setting it up for your kids, like, it just depends. Mm-hmm. And remember, traditional IRA, that's pre-tax, like it's tax deferred, so it will be taxed when it comes out. Now, on the flip side, we have a Roth IRA. So Roth IRAs is like you want to take the money you have now. It's already been taxed and put it inside the Roth. Mm -hmm. There's also a phase out for the Roth. Mm -hmm. Now, the typical rule with IRAs and Roths is that you cannot contribute unless you have compensation. So a funny thing, before 2019, Mm -hmm. alimony counted as compensation. It don't anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but there is a workaround for like a spouse that works at home. You can open up a spousal IRA and you can, you know, contribute based on, you know, your spouse's income. But please talk to your tax professional before you jump up and do anything. Remember, this is for educational purposes only. Do not go tell your tax professional that Catherine told you to go open up a Roth. I did not. <laughs> I said, please go see your tax professional. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And with, but, and with each of those accounts, those type of plans, there is a max that you can contribute each year. So for it, art with um, sorry, with the four hundred one k, the max is nineteen thousand five hundred. Yes, it and went up with, slightly in twenty twenty two, but yeah. yes. And then if you're if you're a little bit older, they have the core catch up where you can add additional um additional funds into it if yes. you're over 50 um uh, 65 65 and then for the um the the Roth the same thing I think mm-hmm. is what 6500 if I remember correctly mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it went up yeah. again yeah so that's a good thing it's going up but yeah um again not not a not telling you what to do but if you have um these programs with your employer you should definitely be contributing to them um, to build your portfolio for retirement because it's very, very important. Especially if they have a match, that's Matching, free money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like definitely if it, they tell you that they'll match 3% up to an X amount, even mm-hmm. if you don't want to max out your 401k, like mm-hmm. I totally understand. Like we're sitting here saying, yeah, take 19500 out of your check for a year and put it into this account where it can grow. You know, someone may be like, I ain't doing that. I don't blame you. But if your company's like, oh, we'll match 3% up to 3,000, I mean, put the 3,000 in and then get the 3% match on it. The important part is just that you're starting and you're doing something. Mm-hmm. Having something is better than nothing. And, and then I, I feel like we should have a separate uh, session on retirement planning, just breaking down all the different um, plans that there are for people. Ooh, we'll um, be here all night. <laughs> <laughs> Not tonight, but it's another night. But um, with and I know we're we're going a little bit off the topic, but I just want to touch on this. With retired, when you're trying to figure out how much to contribute to your 401k or your 403 or whatever your company um, sponsors, the rule, like one thing that my advisor helped me with was you take 100 and you minus your age. So, you know, if you're 25, then you should be putting, you know, $75 a paycheck into it to have like a suite number because you're like how much do i contribute to this and those are like the baseline starting points of what you should be contributing to the to those retirement plans yes and here and i'll share it i'm a person that loves like cool facts and such Mm -hmm. so i have a cool fact for you so a lot of millionaires billionaires like they take 
low salary. Like just there's laws on how low their salary can be now, but they'll take a low salary so that their taxes are as much as probably like mine, Mm -hmm. but they shelter their income by getting like their um, employer, the company they own (laughs) to send their money into Roths, Mm -hmm. IRAs, um, or just even like stock bonus plans. Mm -hmm. So all this, and so technically it's like, you know, they'll be like, oh, millionaires don't pay their fair share, but which they do when they sell the stocks. Like you can't get around, you can get around capital gains a little bit, but you also have to sell X amount over here for a loss to like balance it out. So definitely with like me working for like a wealth management company, I get to see all the cool things. Like I can't tell you more, but (laughs) I'm on live, but it's just interesting to see how there's a way around everything. So that's why we're having these conversations because we're trying to, we're trying to get you to think like at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. It's like trying to think about like life is too short for you to retire at, you know, 63 with a pension. Like, and the funny thing is a lot of companies don't even make pensions anymore. Like it's kind of obsolete. Like a lot of companies don't even believe in retirement planning anymore. Like you're on your own. So then at that point, man, you may have to go the route of a traditional IRA or, you know, a Roth IRA if you're not subject to phase outs. Yeah, definitely. Like you got, we have to start thinking for it. Cause I know sometimes we get, we're so in the present and the now, and it's like, well, I'm trying to pay the bills. I'm trying to, you know, save my, get my, you told me on Tuesday, I got to have six months saved. And now you're telling me I got to put 19,000 in another account. Like, where do you think I'm getting this money from? But these are conversations that we have to start to start thinking forward. Like, like Catherine said, the other, we was going for budgeting. Maybe you have an income problem. Maybe you need to add another stream so that you can start contributing to your retirement planning because think about it i don't know about y'all but i don't want to retire broke like i struggle you know working and doing this i want to retire where i can enjoy myself you know go to the beach and just sleep that's that's my goal that's my retirement goal (laughs) and to add to that i don't want to work till i'm like 60s i want to at least partially retire by 50 so that i can just you know, I can go do what I want to do if I want to travel to some foreign country where I don't have to worry about, man, I got to go back in Monday and punch a time clock. Like, I don't want to be traveling with canes and walkings. Like, I want to travel and enjoy myself. I don't want to wait till I'm 70 or 80 years old to go away on a vacation. I want to do it now, you know? Yeah, I'm going to say no one wants to be, you know, 60 with a walker on a cruise. Like, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> No offense to anyone with walkers, but yeah, no, no offense. No, but we just don't want to wait until just, we're that just, age. Yeah, just not for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so man, that so was homework. Homework tonight. Homework. I want you to sit down and think about investing, and I want you. And the best way to get started, I want you to sit and think about what are some things that you buy. If you go to McDonald's twice a week, cat like Catherine, that may be a good company to invest in. My parents can vouch for me on that. <laughs> I was like, or think about your car, like you drive a Ford, Ford pays out dividends, mm-hmm. you know, Toyota, Honda. Apple. Yes, your phone. I mean, I'm not even an Apple user, but I am an Apple investor because yes. I understand how valuable Apple is. Like, so, you know, look at things like that. Like, 
you know, just look around, open your eyes and just look and see things that you normally use every day mm -hmm. that you find valuable and like look up, Google them, find the ticker, do your mm -hmm. research. Yep. And even basic things like furniture. Mm -hmm. I also am an Android user, but I invest in Apple. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, just like there's like so many companies that you can invest in. And then part two, I want you to think like, are you the type of person that's going to do research to stay on top of like, you know, stocks, knowing when if a company is good, when a company is bad investment? If not, I want you to think about ETFs and mutual funds, because I don't want to put you over here with stock picking. And then the stock has like bad news comes out for like, for example, Elon Musk with Tesla, mm -hmm. he keeps getting in trouble. So what happens to Tesla? It keeps going right back down. Exactly. Like it'll come up, but it's just the principle that if you're investing money into Tesla, like now your money's down, you don't want that. So and if you don't have the stomach to stand that. I mean, because I had some days where the stock market was blood, like my whole portfolio was bloody. And I'm like, just hold on, hold on tight. It's going to come back up. So you got to know that you can weather that storm. Yeah. And it's funny when she say bloody is because this, the apps will show red. So that's how you know that you're, <laughs> that it will show red all the way down. You're like, dang, this is my portfolio. Like you've lost money. But when you see green, that's good. That means your, your stocks are up and you know, like, and also if you're the person that's going to log in every day and look at your performance, you may want to consider something more like, again, the mutual funds and ETFs, because I don't want you to log in and see like negative $200 and that just like disrupts your whole day. Vibe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So that's the homework. Think about things that you can invest in. Look around your house, outside your car, like look, even look at things your dog uses your pets and stuff like oh, yeah. Let me see about the medical field. look at the medical medical industry also cybersecurity. like these are things that we we need and, and use on a daily basis so i hope this gets the wheels turning and you start looking at things that you can possibly uh you know research before you invest you know you do your due diligence and then you know start looking at ways to execute and implement those yes and then key point is just do your research like mm -hmm. and then also be last word of advice be extra careful with people who are out here claiming to be expert stock pickers or you know like i can help you double or triple your money i'm going to tell you right now those returns are unrealistic it's probably a ponzi scheme just to highlight a ponzi scheme real quick it's basically people get you to invest your money and then they take your money to pay off other people and how it works is that they keep recruiting people to pay in their money so then they can pay off other people but they're taking a large percentage off of it still like if someone promises that oh you can get a 30 percent return i want you to run even if you're not a runner i want you to turn into a track star at that point because it's a story like so just exercise caution if it sounds too good to be true it is you're not going to get a 30 percent return even the stock market itself did not get a 30 percent return last year s p returned about 26 percent this past time around there so don't fall for it and then also people who are stock pickers etc they're 
making money off of you doing these basic calculations that you can do on it or have a computer program run it because mm -hmm. we do we we use similar analysis with the firm I work I work for. You can just go on Schwab rep website and just like type in the ticker symbol and you can be like, okay. And it'll, and even Schwab will give you a grade for the stock. It may like, if it's like an F that's a bad stock, but it may be in around in a B and it's like, okay, Schwab thinks it's good. You know, they pass that information along to you. Now there are some people who, you know, they do know what they're talking about, but typically if someone's asking you to pay X amount of fee for any type of service, I wouldn't do it. It's stuff that you can do it yourself. And I'm a big DIYer, especially mm -hmm. on things that you can learn to teach yourself. Yes. Be very careful. There's a lot of scams out there. A um, lot of them. them and then let me just say this, nobody's going to come to your inbox and, and um, <laughs> offer to do something for you for a fee. If anyone uh -huh. does that, it's, it's a scam. They don't come oh, to you. Yeah. Uh, like the Forex traders. Yeah. People. It's, it's not a scam. It, I mean, it does work, but how they operate is basically a ML. What is it? MLM? The, the multi-level marketing. System. Yeah. Marketing. You have yeah. to like recruit people to come in. So if you see someone with like dollar signs in their profile and it says Forex, I don't do it. It's like a, it's a currency exchange. Like, mm -hmm. like you have to learn about it to be able to utilize yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, and so last thing, I will be hosting an intro to beginner investing on Monday, March the 28th. That's where I'm going to go over like how to DIY invest versus do you need a financial advisor? So that's where we get into the real nitty gritty. And I'm going to show you like officially like how to start investing. Um, tickets are only $10, but I have a code money, M-O-N-E-Y, and you can get $5 off. So then the ticket is only $5. Um, it will be recorded for um, small fee for people who can't make it. It'll, I'll post link to that on my web, on my web page also and my, well, Facebook page and the website for people who are unable to make it because I know Monday nights with kids, seven o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> I totally understand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so tonight is, is a wrap. Tomorrow we're talking about insurance. So, you know, that's my thing. I mean, all of this is my thing, but insurance is, you know, what I do, my bread and butter. Securing so we're gonna the talk future. About yeah, we're going to talk about the insurance. We're going to go over disability, life insurance, just to give everyone a general understanding of why insurance is important for us. Especially, yeah. emphasis on for us. But, but y'all will see why tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. And don't forget, put your email in the box so that we can send you this building your credit organically. So that way you don't have to repair. You have a 740 credit score or more. Yes. Nothing less. Exactly. A lender is just going to tack on fees for every few points you are up under 740. And like some people may feel like, oh, my God, 740 is so high. It's like it's really not like you can get there. Mm -hmm. Yep, you can get there. So, everyone, right. have a good night. We'll see you tomorrow. We're signing off.